Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Youth Politics Action. This is a podcast created by the Youth Political Assembly to help youth connect with politics and government in a better and a closer way. My name is Bruce Yu, and I will be your host for today's episode, recording from Toronto. Today, we are joined by MP Jenica Outwin, Member of Parliament for Fredericton. She was the first Green Party MP elected outside of BC, and she's also the first female MP to be elected for Electoral District of Fredericton. Hi Jenica, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Awesome, let's jump right in. Uh, can you talk a bit about yourself, your, about your background, and about your career before entering politics? Sure, so I'm born and raised in Fredericton. I have not traveled very far. Um, and uh, so I live here with my husband and my two children. I've got two little boys. Uh, my previous career was in education, uh, and I absolutely loved it. Um, what's interesting is that I actually had planned on becoming a lawyer after leaving my undergraduate degree, um, but life took over. Um, I was given an opportunity to become a supply teacher for a couple of years, and that just completely sparked my love of education and working with youth. Um, and from there, those experiences actually led me uh, into wanting to be involved in politics. So it's kind of a an interesting journey that I, I didn't necessarily expect I'd be on, um, but I'm certainly happy that, uh, you know, that it led me down this road because I really feel that I'm able to, to bring those experiences with me into Parliament and uh, to voice for the, the community that I love so much and that I've, you know, I've always been a part of. So it's um, a bit of a non-traditional route, I think, to go through education, but I'm, I'm very happy that this is where it's led me. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, can you speak about uh, a bit about your role as an MP? So what does that entail in Ottawa, in the House, and what does that entail in your home riding? Sure. So it's been almost a year now, which is, uh, I can't believe that much time has passed. It still feels like yesterday that I uh, was just elected. Uh, and my role as an MP is kind of, it's, I mean, multifunctional, but we've got the, the riding constituency office. Um, so we, we meet with constituents on, on various issues that pertain to federal jurisdiction. So anything from say, immigration to uh, EI or Phoenix Pay System issues. So we, we kind of run the gamut um, of, of topics and we try to help our constituents as best as we can to navigate the government systems, make sure that they know that we are advocating for change within that system. If there are things that are, you know, presenting barriers or leaving people out or discriminating against people in our community. Um, so that's a big piece of it. We also love to connect with local organizations and businesses and schools and, uh, you know, which it's a it's a job of the people. And so it's just about being involved with the people, which I love so much. Um, and I guess the other side of it would be in Ottawa. We have our, our office is in Confederation building where we're able to prepare our, our speaking notes for the day. So there's often, um, you know, speech opportunities. We do ministerial replies. We do member statements. We do questions to ministers. Uh, I'm always sure to put in my late show slips uh, when I ask a question to a minister so I can do late show debates. So we discuss policy, uh, you know, we look over bills and legislation, we get to vote in the House. Um, so it's, it's really amazing. It's where the laws of, of Canada are made. And it's just, I feel so fortunate and, and honored to be a part of it. Great. Thank you. So your position as an MP seems very time consuming. This leads us to our next question. How do you balance family life and public office at the same time? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. And um, I mean, it's, it's something that most moms are used to doing is kind of juggling a lot of things and wearing many hats. Um, so it's really just about trying to, to, to strike that balance, as you said. You know, it's, it's, it's about making sure that my family and my children are still my number one priority, but also understanding the responsibility that's entrusted with me, uh, you know, as an elected official. So, um, and as I mentioned, it's a job of the people. So as long as you keep that in your, in your heart and your mind and in your decision-making, I think that that balance kind of works itself out. 
Um, but it always starts with my children being number one and that will never change. That makes sense. Um, so how do you rather, have you always envisioned yourself running for public office? Has this been like a dream of yours? Well, you know, I was always involved in kind of student politics. So, you know, a student representative council, I was my grad class president, my graduating year. I, I knew I always wanted to be involved in the decision making process, you know, with, with the people that I love and the communities that I love. I, I can't tell you that I ever saw myself as a member of parliament, just kind of believing that I would be there. Um, but, uh, I, you know, now that I'm here, I feel quite well suited for the position. I feel very confident now that I've got my, my legs underneath me. But um, no, I, I wouldn't say that I, I knew that this is where I was heading, um, but I knew I did want to be involved. I knew I wanted to make change and help people. So, um, you know, this is just one way to do it. Wow. Thank you. Starting to kind of move a bit to the uh, policy aspect. So what do you make of the Green Party's recent leadership election and your new leader, Annemie Paul? Oh, I'm so inspired by Annemie Paul. She is someone who I, I was lucky enough to meet before this whole leadership race began. Um, we actually met in Ottawa shortly after I was elected. And I just kind of was drawn to her right away. She's got such amazing kind of presence and, uh, you know, all of the leadership qualities that you would, you would want um, in a federal leader. But she's also just a really great person. And I think that's what, you know, what, what counts uh, more than anything else. And she's a mom of two boys as well. And she really, she really helped me in a, in a personal way to talk about some of the concerns I had about being in a newly elected official and, and having my family life and having these commitments and worrying about whether, you know, how I would keep it all balanced and, and be able to do everything, you know, do the job justice and do my, my mom duties justice. So she was able to reassure me and really talk through it. So from that point forward, I knew that she was someone who I related to and felt as, you know, was going to be a good leader. And then seeing her in the race and seeing her perform, I was just, uh, you know, so excited. And this is a big deal for Canada. It's a big deal for, uh, for you know her riding as well, and she's in a, a by-election right now. So I'm just excited mm -hmm. for the momentum that she's brought, uh, but most importantly for the perspective. This is something; it's a welcome change, and I really feel that she's going to you know usher in some of the the necessary uh, you know transformations in Canadian society, and especially in the political realm. So uh, I'm just I'm just so excited. And if she can hear this, then go anime. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I know this was an issue raised in the conservative leadership election, uh, but do you believe that the fact that um, your new leader doesn't have a seat in the House yet, is that something that concerns you? It's certainly a complicating factor. Um, you know, Elizabeth May is still our parliamentary like House leader, so she still has a major role. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to have Annemie with us in the House to see what her leadership would look like from within the chamber. Um, but I think we're going to make it work. I mean, the Green Party has never had that many seats. So even just having a caucus of three is, is new. Um, and so I think we're kind of used to being as resourceful as we need to be and using the kind of different channels that we have available to us as far as having our voice heard. Um, but of course, I hope she wins in the by-election and actually joins us in the House because I think that's a, a more direct way to have a, a bigger voice as our leader. Um, but I support her any way that she needs me to, to, to do that, whether she's in the House or, or outside of it. So how do you think her leadership will differ from Elizabeth May's leadership? That's a good question. Uh, I guess it's still new, so we're going to kind of see how, <laughs> yeah. how it plays out. Um, but what's really cool about Annemie is, is kind of her, her previous career and her background in, in foreign affairs. Um, she's just got this really good kind of global perspective, which, of course, Elizabeth had as well. Um, but just Annemie's coming at it from maybe a, a different standpoint. Um, she's just... 
she was such an impressive, impressive law career as well. Um, again, Elizabeth was a lawyer too, but um, so I think it's more <laughs> about her style that's going to be different. Um, but of course, there are big shoes to fill, and uh, I think she's going to need the the room and the space to be able to to determine what her leadership style actually is going to be for us as Greens. So I'll have to to wait and see, I guess, on that. So the Green Party voted against the Liberal Thorn speech alongside the Conservatives and the Bloc Québécois, but all three parties had very different rationales for doing so. Can you outline the major reasons why the Green Caucus voted against the Liberal uh, vote of confidence? Yes. So it's always difficult to vote against the speech from the throne because we know it's it's a, a vote of non-confidence in government. It could lead to a snap election, which Canadian wants uh, during a pandemic. So, of course, we didn't take uh, that decision lightly. Um, but for us, it's really about maintaining the values of the Green Party of Canada maintaining the commitments that we made to our constituents. And on that was major action on climate. We want, uh, you know, a more aggressive target. We want two-year increments of actions to be made so we know that what the actual plan is to get there. So it's really, you know, throne speeches sound great. It really did. It sounded wonderful. Um, but it's about the actions. And so that's really what I have to see. I will be, you know, a, a, a collaborator. I will work, um, you know, in, in debate. I will work in, in committee, I will do all I can to support legislation that makes the realization of the words in the throne speech, throne speech come to fruition. Um, but I don't have that confidence in that accountability right now because of non-action that I've seen in the past. So it's really just about showing the government that we're there to make sure that they keep those promises. Um, and, and we'll work to help them do that. But I could not vote confidence, um, you know, just, just on the words alone. So obviously an election has been avoided. But if there was an election, what would have been some of the promises that the Green Party would have made? Um, I mean, for me, it's always, I, I always localize. Um, so we have our national priorities for sure, um, but I have to look out for the best interests of the constituents of Fredericton. And I know top of mind um, is, is health and mental health. So those are some of the things that I have made my number one priority while in Parliament. Um, so it's things like fighting for an increase in health transfer dollars to our provinces, uh, fighting for a national mental health strategy, looking to see um, Health Canada include mental health um, within its mandate. Uh, so it's just some, some things around that that are really important for me. But of course, climate targets. We need to be far more aggressive. We need to use every tool available to us. We need to have a response similar to our COVID-19 response because the, the climate crisis is a health crisis as well. It affects us in, in so many more ways than one. Um, it, you know, it's, it's an economic crisis as well. So I, I really feel that all those pieces kind of come together. But it's always about social justice and climate justice for the Greens. So Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, despite being opposed to a carbon tax, says that his party will still commit to the Paris Agreement and the climate targets that were set out in that agreement. What do you make of this? And do you believe that the Conservatives really have a real plan for the environment? Well, I think it's great anytime any of our federal leaders um, is going to talk about the climate crisis and some of the urgency in our needs to respond to it. Because I think in and of itself, it helps deal with some of the perhaps climate change deniers that exist. It shows that it's a real topic that everyone needs to be discussing right now, regardless of your political stripe. Um, so I'm thankful for that for that potential change of heart, um, and I'm and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know that there are there are conservative members who who do deeply care about the environment, and so it's really going to be an all hands on deck approach, which is what we've been calling for. So. Um, I'll certainly remind them of that newfound commitment, um, any chance that I get, but I, I think it's great. I think we should all be talking about this as a serious issue. So what do you make of the fact that back in 2019, you were elected in a riding that was traditionally either controlled by the Tories or the Liberals? <laughs> well, I mean, as a Green, I, I ran provincially in 2018 as well, and 
and it's the same thing. It's usually a swing, either red or blue, um, but it doesn't deter me. And I've always been someone who likes a challenge. Um, and basically, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to try 10 times harder to, to prove you wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it, it didn't scare me. I, I knew that people were ready for a change. I knew that um, issues around the environment, issues around Indigenous reconciliation and social justice were top of mind for Fredericktonians. And that's where my passions are. So um, it was really just about showing them who I am, how hard I'm willing to work and how committed I am to, to making those changes. And, and thankfully, they entrusted me with their vote. Um, and the rest is history, obviously. So um, I've never been someone to really be, you know, into partisan politics. I talk about the issues. I like to approach each one with a fresh perspective and make sure that I get as much information and, and evidence that I can before I make a decision. So, um, you know, being green is even a new thing for me. I had never been a member of a, of a political party before um, joining the provincial greens in 2018. So um, it's really just about, I think, wanting to be involved and, and being a voice that people knew they could trust. And, uh, and here I am as their MP. So do you think there is potential for the Green Party to make gains um, in other regions of Canada? I mean, I certainly hope so. We're seeing a lot here on the East Coast, which is really nice. Uh, we've got the PEI Greens that are the official opposition there. Uh, you know, we saw the momentum here in New Brunswick. Um, we, we have the same amount of seats provincially as we did in the previous election, so we didn't quite get the gains we were looking for. Um, but I think it's possible, and I think if Annamie Paul can win in Toronto Centre, that that would be huge as far as bridging the two coasts, because as we know, the West Coast has been a little bit more open to, to perhaps the green, um, you know, ideals and, and being willing to vote that way. So I think uh, the the you know the green wave is yet to come but i i see the i see the you know the storms are brewing so i think it's gonna happen <laughs> uh, awesome thank you so much so yeah thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of youth politics action with green mp jenica atwin uh tune back in two saturdays from now when our next episode will premiere for now follow at the youth political assembly on instagram for student opportunities and political stories opinions and explanations uh with that um this episode of youth politics in action has come to a close I'm so glad we, have, uh, we had the opportunity to talk with you today, MP Atwin, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. That leads us to our final question. Uh, do you have any advice for youth that want to go into politics or get involved in government? Well, I mean, I think it's just about finding your passion. Uh, and if your passion is about helping people and, you know, wanting to, to do what's right and, and fight for your community members and be a voice for those who might not have it, then, then I think politics is for you. And I would say try your, your best to get involved in, say, local campaigns and you know, any way that you can, but also don't be afraid to put your name on that ballot. As long as you know you're there for the right reasons uh, and you're able to build a team around you that can support that, then I think, you know, you're going to have a, a success, whether it's a win that first time around, you know, that's that's remains to be seen, but it's all about that experience and you're never going to get that experience unless you try. Uh, and I think I'm a really good example of that, that, you know, working in a classroom a few years ago, I would have never pictured myself here unless I was willing to try. So it's, it's a bit of a leap of faith. But if you know you're in it for the right reasons, then it's, uh, it's a good leap of faith. <laughs> so definitely don't be afraid to take it. So yeah, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of Youth Politics Action with Green MP Janica Atwin. Uh, tune back in two Saturdays from now when our next episode will premiere. For now, follow at the Youth Political Assembly on Instagram for student opportunities and political stories, opinions, and explanations.